Let me get a sip of this tea real quick. Shout out Callan made this. Excellent beat. I just want to say happy Sunday night to all you guys listening to the Jake Albright podcast on the Uptake Media Company. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys. Uh, turn this down a little bit. So tonight we're going to have part one of the football mega podcast. Uh, super excited for this. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, it's just going to be me tonight. Tomorrow is going to be part two. Uh, that's, uh, we're going to record that tomorrow. It's going to come out probably Tuesday morning. Tomorrow's, tonight's episode is going to come out tomorrow morning. Um, so if you're listening to this, it'll be out tomorrow morning. Uh, Tuesday's episode, sorry, will be uh, featuring a guest, Dante Hainsworth. He's uh, my good friend. He plays high school football. Uh, he played high school football for Pinnacle. Uh, in the Scottsdale area of Arizona. Pinnacle is one of the best high school football teams in the country. They have one of the best programs in the country. Uh, He was their starting cornerback this year. He played safety. He played all over on their defense. Uh, He's getting recruited to go play D1. He's a really good football player. He knows a lot about the game. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to him, uh, talk about the X's and O's of the game. We're gonna, he watched the games this weekend. He gave me some predictions, so we'll go over that and we'll uh, we'll talk about the games this weekend. We'll talk about his his high school career, his upcoming college career, his recruitment, and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited for that interview. Uh, we're gonna record that tomorrow, and it'll be out Tuesday, like I said. So look out for that Tuesday morning. Uh, this week, it's just a, a mega podcast, man. I, I didn't want to make it two hours for you, so I'm going to split it up into two episodes. Uh, and tonight is going to be part one. So let's hit it. Woo! It was quite a weekend, man. Uh, I mean, if you listen to the previous football podcast last Monday, I was hyping these games up. I was so excited for all of these games. And we had some doozies, that's for sure, man. <laughs> that's a fun word right there for you guys, a doozy. Uh, we had we had, we had, had quite a few doozies. Uh, we had some good games. Uh, you know, some not-too-good games. We had, you know, some injuries, a lot of injuries. Uh, sadly, the key quarterbacks, we'll get into that. Uh, there was just a lot of everything, man. Not too, 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 you know, no game-winning drives or anything, but... Still a lot of excitement. It was a lot of fun. Um, I did horrible gambling. Probably my worst weekend in a long time gambling. So, you know, I I hate myself. I I think this was probably the last weekend I'm going to gamble on football very seriously this year. So, you know, that's tough to deal with. But uh, we'll get into, you know, we'll get into my bets. What what went wrong for me. We'll get into the the numbers of it all and and talk about the game. So, uh, yeah, man, let's jump right into it. Uh, here we go. So to start, we had, uh, first game of the weekend was the LA Rams versus the Green Bay Packers. Final score, 32-18. You know, this was, this was the, uh, well, I guess the Buffalo game was 14-2, but this was probably the biggest blowout of the weekend. Uh, Green Bay, you know, they just, they controlled the game, really, from start to finish. Jared Goff, uh, he... He just, uh, you know, it might have been the thumb, it might have been his limitations as a quarterback, but he really, he really struggled. Um, you know, it was close in the first quarter. It was three to three after the first quarter, and uh, you know, it looked like the Rams might be able to stick around. The big issue was uh, Aaron Donald on defense. He was, he was not playing very many snaps. You know, he would play one snap, then sit out five in a row. So they were having trouble getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and when you can't get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, especially with the defense the Rams play, where they drop most of their linebackers and DBs into coverage. They play they play a lot of cover two, cover three, cover four. Um, they play a lot of zone. So, you know, if you can't get pressure with your front four, um, and that's why that defense works so well is because they get Aaron Donald up there and he gets pressure through the line. Um, you know, it's going to be a long day, and that's what happened. Aaron Rodgers just picked them apart. 23 for 36, 300 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, just a classic, classic Aaron Rodgers day. Didn't do too much. I mean, they controlled the ground game, too. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones had big days. 
14 for 99 for Aaron Jones and a touchdown. Jamal Williams had 12 for 65. So they were both above five yards a carry. And, you know, I mean, Green Bay just dominated this game. Green Bay is probably um, definitely in the NFC. Uh, maybe you could argue Buffalo right now. But Green Bay is definitely the hottest team in the NFL. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the hottest quarterback. I mean, you got Josh Allen in the AFC. So I guess we're going to separate. And in the NFC, Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the hottest quarterback in that conference. Green Bay is the hottest team. That defense was Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander. I mean, they're really, they've come together throughout this entire year. We saw it, you know, to start the year, they were one of the worst defenses in the league. And through throughout the week, throughout the weeks, throughout the year, um, you know, we could just see that defense improving. They they kept getting better and better and better. And uh, finally, you know, they you know that's what that's the that's the ingredient to a great team. You know, they you you peak at the right time, and that's what this defense is doing. They are peaking at the right time, and it just so happens so is the offense. Um, the offense, you know, run game. They have a great offensive line. I was a little worried about Bakhtiari being out, but. You know, that offensive line held up, especially with Donald being hurt. Um, they, they they held up with a little luck and uh, controlled the ground game and kept Aaron Rodgers clean. And with that, he could just find – he found um, Devontae Adams. You know, with Devontae, he only, he only had 66 yards, but he had nine receptions, 10 targets, and a touchdown. Um, you know, I mean, just a classic Devontae game. Um, you know, being covered by uh, Jalen Ramsey the whole game. They used him as a decoy on one play, and Alan Lazard got free on a deep touchdown pass. That's what broke the game open uh, was that Alan Lazard touchdown pass. You know, everyone uh, came in. It was a play action, I'm pretty sure. Everyone came in to help because Alan Lazard is a big blocker on play action. And uh, they ended up throwing deep to him uh, on a fade. And it was it was the easiest throw Aaron Rodgers made all day. So, you know, that broke the game open, like I said. Uh, they, they, they had a pretty, pretty big lead going into the halftime. I think it was 19 to three. And, uh, after, oh, I guess it was 19 to 10, but, uh, I mean, after that Green Bay pretty much controlled the game. Once they got up by more than one score, it, it, it was pretty tough, uh, to imagine Jared Goff being able to score twice with, uh, with that defense minus Aaron Donald stopping, uh, you know, being able to stop Green Bay's offense. So. You know, just just a classic Green Bay game. Most, you know, with the spread, the spread was seven. It dropped to six and a half before the game, and then it uh, it went back up to seven. I ended up taking the Rams um, plus seven, which uh, you know I regret. I took the Rams in a teaser, uh, and I took the uh, the over. I think, or no, I took the uh, the under. And the uh, the over 45 hit. That was the lowest over under of the weekend. And it hit because, uh, you know, Green Bay just kept scoring and uh, the Rams had to keep up. And uh, just, you know, it got a little out of hand, uh, especially with the over under. So I ended up losing pretty much every single bet on this game. Uh, just <sighs> kicking myself, man, kicking myself. I don't know why I didn't bet on Aaron Rodgers. He was by far the better quarterback. He was by far, I mean, the Packers were just the better team. Uh, I guess I thought it could be close. I bet, you know, I got the hook on most of those bets, so I bought the half point to get it up to 7.5 from 7. And, you know, I'm just kicking myself. I probably should have trusted Aaron Rodgers, maybe bought it down to 6.5 or teased it. You know, it, it, it was just a simple teaser play. that I, I overthought it. Um, as you guys will f- come to find out here, that was the uh, the theme of the weekend. Uh, I was pretty much overthinking everything. So, uh, betting-wise, I was overthinking everything. So, really frustrating weekend there. But we will be back. Uh, so, that's that. Green Bay, uh, LA Rams. It was a, you know, it was a blowout. It wasn't, it wasn't too interesting of a game. There wasn't too much else to talk about. I pretty much covered everything that happened with Green Bay, you know, Golf struggle. They were without Cooper Cup. Uh, Akers had a pretty good game. Ramsey didn't play too bad. I mean, Devontae just is is the best wide receiver in the league. He is a uh, he's a man amongst boys. He's just he, his release off the line. I mean, we'll talk to Dante about a lot of this X's and O's stuff tomorrow. So that's why I don't want to get too into it right now. But his release stuff off the line and and what they do with him is just it's unfair, man. It's unfair what Lafleur uh, Lafleur does. So that's that. I don't want to get too much into that Green Bay LA game. You know, it wasn't too close, and 
Green Bay covered the over hit and you know just not too much not too much to talk about there so we're gonna move on to uh, the night game on Sunday that was Buffalo and Baltimore Buffalo uh, you know Buffalo was at home this was pretty much uh, you know I guess Kansas City got pretty loud but this was definitely the uh, the biggest probably home field advantage anyone's had in the NFL all year uh, you could definitely hear the fans through the TV. You could see it was affecting the game. It got in Baltimore's head big time. With uh, you know, Baltimore had so many missed snaps, fumbled snaps. Uh, you know, they had a game earlier this year against the uh, the Green- nah against the New England Patriots, and uh, it was really rainy and windy during that game. But you know, they struggled with snaps in that game too. And and this has kind of just been a theme for the team, I guess. What I'm trying to say this year is. Is they've struggled with little things like snapping the ball, and and that's what that's what can kill you in the playoffs, you know, and so it ended up killing them penalties, uh, you know, muff snaps, all that sort of stuff, and then there was a big play too. So we'll start from the beginning. This game was pretty close. Uh, first half was some of the most boring football ever. Uh, matchup wise for these two teams, the Ravens hate to throw the ball. They hate to throw the ball downfield. And the Bills are the exact opposite. They hate to run the ball. They hate to run the ball. Um, you know, they hate to ground and pound, which is what the Ravens like to do. So it was two completely opposite philosophies going up against each other. And it was very interesting to see that play out in the first half uh, because the Ravens couldn't run the ball and they refused to pass. And the Bills couldn't pass the ball and they refused to run. So we were at a stalemate in the first half. Uh, it was 3-0, I think, at halftime. Uh, very, very boring. And so, you know, we, you know, it was very curious to see what, what was going to happen. It was actually 3-3 at halftime, pardon me. The uh, the Ravens got a field goal there in the second quarter. So it was 3-3 going at halftime. No one really knew what was going to happen. I mean, we kind of thought these offenses would do something. You know, we hoped uh, there would be some points scored in the, in the second half, especially us that had the, uh, the over uh, 43.5, which, uh, you know, that's one of the teasers I had and. That was that you know I could see that was going to be over pretty early, but you know I took I also took going into this looking at a gambling perspective, the uh, the line was two and a half for Buffalo. That's when it closed at, so it didn't get above the key number of three, and it didn't get a hook at three and a half. So it stayed it stayed below, and uh, it was at two and a half. That's what it closed at. Uh, I ended up teasing Baltimore uh, in a couple teases up to eight and a half, which I thought was going to be a great bet since I was getting it above a touchdown. And as we'll talk about with the uh, the second half of the game, it probably should have hit. Uh, it just you know it didn't. We'll we'll get to that. But so that that I had them at eight and a half, which I was feeling good at. And then I also ended up hedging myself a little bit and taking the Buffalo Bills at minus two and a half. Since, you know, I was debating whether to take the Bills or the Ravens. And thankfully, that line didn't get above three. So I didn't take the Ravens. I took the Bills, uh, which was probably, yeah, looking at it, it was the only bet I hit in this game, uh, which, you know, uh, I don't know. Tough, tough, tough weekend for gambling. But so this game, it was 3-3 at halftime. We were all sitting there wondering what's going to happen in this second half. Are the offenses going to find their ground? Are they going to start exploding? Um, or are these defenses? And there was major, major wind. I have yet to mention there was major wind throughout this game, just swirling in every direction. Huge, huge, just off the lake winds. Classic Buffalo uh, winter night. So... It was uh, it was tough to throw the ball. Justin Tucker, the greatest kicker ever, probably in NFL history. Probably maybe you know my guy Adam Vinatieri. I would maybe put ahead of him, but Justin Tucker ended up doinking too off the uprights. Cody Parkied them. Uh, shout out to my Bears fans. Cody Parkied them off the uprights. Uh, two of them, which was just absolutely insane. Both in the first half. Uh, you know, people on Twitter were losing their minds. We had no idea what was going on. Uh, there was some, there was some videos I saw of a, uh, a Buffalo, Buffalo fan group that, uh, you know, was using some sort of, uh, I don't want to say witchery, but you know, it definitely seemed like they were using some sort of black magic to, uh, to make those field goals, you know, move a little left or move a little right and hit the upright. But, uh, I think the, uh, the scientific explanation 
for uh, for Justin Tucker's misses would be be that wind. Uh, you know, if he was aiming in the middle and that wind took it, uh, we could see that you know it took it just enough and hit those uprights. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there was not much Justin Tucker could do there. That wind was just just taking the ball wherever it wanted. Um, so it was, it was just one of those nights. Uh, it was pretty obvious early on that scoring was gonna be t- tough to come by, um, and so. Ended up going into the second half. Ravens were putting together quite the drive. Um, let's see. I, you know, I probably should know this. But, yeah, so Ra- Buffalo came out, drove down the field. Josh Allen put together a great drive, running the ball, throwing the ball. He is just so mobile. Other than Lamar, uh, he's probably the best uh, mobile quarterback in the league. I would also put Patrick Mahomes up there. Uh, we will get into Patrick Mahomes and his his running <laughs> in a little bit. Um, but Josh Allen put together a great drive, got him into the red zone, and uh, they got a nice touchdown to Stephon Diggs to go up ten to three. Um, and that's you know we thought the uh, the momentum was kind of shifting there. The stadium was getting loud, and it definitely looked like Lamar. Um, needed to come down and, and lead his team on a drive. And that's exactly what he ended up doing. Uh, he ended up leading his team down on a drive, all the way down the field, running, passing, everything we like to see from Lamar. And uh, they, he got him right there on the goal line. And, uh, man, Ravens fans, Lamar fans like me, let's just, let's just take a second here. They're on the goal line. They're down 10-3. We had a lot of hope. You know, we were thinking touchdown, get it to 10-10. Anything's possible after that. <sighs> man. Man, man, man. Poor Lamar. So what happens is, if you didn't see, Lamar throws pick six. Pick six, return for a touchdown. Bills go up 17-3. to Stadium's going crazy. Lamar gets hit on the play, and, uh, you know, everyone's celebrating. We, we pan over, and Lamar's hurt, and Lamar's injured, holding his head, and it, it just doesn't look good, and the stadium's going crazy. Momentum's now completely with the Bills. Everyone sees Lamar's down. He's going to the locker room. Looks like a concussion. Then it's announced that he's in concussion protocol, out for the game. And that was that, man. I mean, just very a very kind of weird theme to this weekend with with this game and the Chiefs game. Uh, but you know, just that was that, man. Once Lamar was out and and the momentum swung and and the Bills got the home crowd behind them, they ended up they didn't even score the rest of the game. the The game ended up seventeen to three. The Bills only got one offensive touchdown, but you know, they did what they needed to do. They rode their defense. They rode their passing game. And, uh, you know, they're going to play the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs next weekend, uh, which is going to be an absolutely great game. That's going to be so exciting and fun. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into that one, actually. So the Sunday morning game, Cleveland-Kansas City. Uh, you know, these games were today, they're a little fresher in my mind, so I might be talking about it a little bit more. Uh, this Cleveland-Kansas City game was far and away the best game of the weekend. Uh, it was the best game of the weekend, even with the way it ended. Um, and sadly, 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 as we'll talk about more, Patrick Mahomes got hurt. And, uh, you know, it just... Just kind of a sad, uh, you know, sad kind of ending to that game. Where, uh, you know, starting the game... Baker played so well. Uh, I wrote down that Baker has it. Uh, you could just see throughout the game that he was he was leading his team down the field. He was making drives. He was making pass plays. Uh, you know, if you really watch that game, the Browns were moving the ball. Uh, they 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 were getting down the field pretty much every time. In the first half, their first drive ended up on a field goal. Their second drive got cut short by penalties, but they were moving the ball. They were driving, and then their third drive. Uh, you know, great drive down the field, passing, running, and mixing a little bit of everything. Stefanski was was a genius today, and um, just an absolute genius with the wishbone. And he ran a wishbone on fourth down, which was just chef's kiss. Um, 
And so, then, you know, they get down. Baker makes a great 20-yard pass to Higgins. Higgins dies for the end zone, and a uh, Kansas City player comes in out of nowhere, smacks him with, uh, you know, kind of torpedoes himself at the ball and at Higgins' helmet. Um, and it, it, it definitely was a helmet-to-helmet contact by the rule. Uh, he, he ended up hitting the ball out. And then the worst rule in football came into effect, uh, you know, the, the touchback. If you fumble it out of the back of the end zone, it's a touchback. Um, if you're the offense, it doesn't matter who recovers it or who's closest or whatever. No matter what, if you fumble it out of the back of the end zone, it is a touchback. So let's say you're on the one-yard line and you just, you know, no one's around you. You drop the ball and it goes out of the back of the end zone. That's a touchback. Goes to the other team. Uh, dumbest rule in the in the sport, I think, and it and it screwed over the Browns today. So Higgins fumbled it out of the back of the end zone. Browns could have. I think that was to tie the game. And that just swung the momentum. Kansas City, uh, in the first half, they dominated the ball. Uh, they kept Baker off the field with their offense. Um, and this is a big thing with Kansas City. And it's a reason why Kansas City doesn't need to have uh, necessarily a league-best NFL defense. Um, and so this is what I want to get into a little bit here. Is Kansas City, what they like to do is is they control the ball with their offense. You know, they take up they take very long, methodical drives with Patch Mahomes. You know, they take their time, they lots of plays. And and what this does is this keeps their their defense off the field. And this keeps the opposing offenses off the field. So for example, in today's game, uh, you know, Baker he was moving the ball. Anytime he touched the ball, he was going to move the ball down the field. He was going to drive. He was going to get into at least field goal range. And so how Kansas City is able to control games, and this is also what New England did. I wrote down that um, Kansas City has taken New England's throne in doing this and just being able to control the game with their offense. Because if you can control the game with the offense and keep the other team's biggest weapons off the field – you are going to be able to win games very easily and win games in ways you want. Um, and so that's what Kansas City looked like they were on their way to doing. They dominated the first half, even though that the Browns' offense played very well. Um, you know, Kansas City got a couple breaks with that fumble and some penalties. But, you know, they really dominated. They were up 19-10, to 10, or I think it was 22-10 to 10, uh, after – no, it was 19-10. to 10. Uh, you know, Cleveland only had the ball two, three times in the first half. One of them was that fumble. One was a field goal. And so, you know, like I was saying, that they Kansas City was able to control the game with their offense. Um, their defense is also very good. I don't want to underrate their defense. Their defense is, it might not be top five, top ten in the league, but it is definitely uh, league average or above. They have a very good defensive line. And uh, someone that I want to talk about a lot with Dante tomorrow in our podcast as he uh, he played safety and cornerback. I think he's the best safety in the league, Tyran Matthew. Uh, he played at LSU, the Honey Badger. He, uh, he I, I call him Jamal Adams with coverage skills. So basically he's just able to to blitz, tackle, do anything you want on, a, on the field. He's a small version of a linebacker. He's a big version of a safety. He can cover in corner. He can cover in slot. He can play any type of coverage. He's the smartest player on the field. He's the best tackler on the field. Uh, he is just a perfect defender. I think he's been the best safety in the league since his days in Arizona. But uh, now he's running Kansas City's defense. And as we can see, I mean, they won the Super Bowl last year, and he was the biggest part of that um, defensively. And he's back there again this year. And if you if you watch this game today, he was all over the field making plays every which way. Uh, and, and that's what he does. That's why he's the honey badger. That's why he was in the Heisman discussion in college. That's why he was one of the best safeties in the league at Arizona. And that's why he's one of the best safeties right now, um, even with, uh, you know, his increasing age and, and how long he's been playing football and how long he's been around. Uh, Tyran Matthews. Some of you might have forgotten the name. Some of you might have forgotten him. The honey badger, that guy from LSU that got kicked off the team. Yeah, he's the best safety in the NFL. He has been for a while. And, and if you guys want to watch him, Great, great safety play. Some great, great corner play. Please watch Tyran Matthew next week. He's going to be locking up Stephon Diggs. He's going to be locking up that Bills passing attack. Um, and that's going to be an awesome matchup, watching Ty, uh, Matthew versus versus Allen in that chess match. So 
that's that. Uh, you know, that's the, that was the first half. But the second half was a very, very, very different story. Um, so to start, you know, Kansas City looked like they were going to keep going. They drove down the field and ended up missing a field goal. And uh, next drive down, Patrick Mahomes, he's running it uh, on a read option and ends up hitting the ground. He had actually been hurt all game, kind of, not hurt, but hobbling around with a foot injury all game. And uh, he gets tackled, and it looks like his head hits the ground, but uh, it, it didn't hit the ground too hard. So that was what was confusing, but uh, it ended up his neck smacked, and uh, it, was, it was a whiplash-type deal. So he got a concussion. It was very scary when he got up. He was stumbling around all woozy. He looked like a drunk. <laughs> he looked like a drunken Irish guy on St. Patrick's Day, just walking around, and uh, you know, so that was horrible to see, especially Patrick Mahomes. We've never seen anything like that. You know, we he hasn't gotten hurt very much, and and just anyone, anyone in general, any type of person to be be staggering around, staggering around like that. It's uh, it's hard to watch. So he went out of the game with uh, with concussion and uh, went into protocol. Which uh, you know was the right thing, and and Chad Henney actually ended up coming in the game, and so you know seeing this, they're up twenty-two to ten. Chad Henney's coming in the game. The life has been sucked out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Cleveland has now got all the momentum. They've got the ball back, and they drive down, score a touchdown. You know, it was a running touchdown. They punched it in. Great drive all the way down the field. Classic Browns drive. Stefanski was running great plays. Um, and so it was 22-17, and it just looked like that was going to be it, man. They were going to be able to get a stop with Henny. They were going to be able to stop Henny and uh, drive down again, get another touchdown. That was it. I mean, Baker was looking unstoppable. The momentum was with Cleveland. The life had been sucked out of Arrowhead. And that's where anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, man? Anything is possible. Uh, Chad Henney, man, saved the Kansas City Chiefs, saved the game, saved the season. Uh, just, I mean, they might have to build him a statue. They might have to put him in the Chiefs Hall of Fame just for this. He came in, had a huge rush, had a big... Big, big, big pass play on, uh, I think it was third down to Travis Kelsey, and then a huge rush on uh, on third and 15 to uh, to get it. It was a 14-yard rush on third and 15, and it got it down to fourth and inches. And so it was fourth and inches, about two minutes and 30 seconds left. If they could pick up this fourth down, the game was over. And, uh, you know... Le'Veon Bell was in the game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire's out. They had been rushing Damian Williams most of the second half. And so, you know, most people were expecting a run uh, coming out, coming into the timeout. And so we come out of the timeout. Kansas City lines up. And Chad Henney is in shotgun. And uh, Tony Romo starts to go, I'm Jim, I'm Jim. Tony Romo, my name Tony Romo. Jim, I don't know about this, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> part of my Tony Romo <laughs> my Tony Romo impression there and Jim I don't know about this one Jim yeah, it's, it's horrible I know but so Tony's going crazy Henny's in shotgun and Andy Reid has just put his 35 pound ball sack directly on the table and he's looking Kevin Stefanski right in the face and he's saying, you thought I was not going to pass on fourth down like I have been all year? Watch this, buddy. And uh, he ran the most unstoppable play in football. And that's uh, that's Tyreek Hill in space. He just lets Tyreek Hill, he says, Tyreek Hill, go be faster than someone else. And so Tyreek Hill just ran straight line into the flat. Uh, easy, easy five-yard pickup. Henny had to make the easiest throw of his life. And uh, that's it. And so that's. That's honestly why, um, you know, that's why Andy Reid is so special. And we've seen that, and, you know, we could, we could, we could make the excuse that it's because he trusted Patrick Mahomes. But really, now we know that this is Andy Reid. I mean, he's the only coach to get to three straight conference championships at home uh, in his career twice. He did it with the Eagles, 
and he did it with the uh, the Chiefs now the last three years. And, you know, we can see that he is just – he's just so, so good. He's so good at offense. He's so good at decisions. I mean, well – you know, he used to get a lot of hate for his decision-making. And, 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 you know, people said he, he wasted timeouts. And it was a running joke with a lot of people that any read just – he wasn't a good clock manager. But now I don't know if it's over time or if those people were just wrong. Uh, but it just – you know, he's just so perfect. And he's so good at everything he does in, in late-game situations and the plays he calls and the decisions he makes – just the play calls, man. I mean, the motion that they run is just ridiculous. Um, we'll get into this, uh, you know, along with Tyron Matthew and a whole bunch of other things. I'm going to talk to Dante about this tomorrow on the pod as well. But the motion that Kansas City runs and the motion that you need to run um, as a football team to be successful, a big part of football is the pre-snap. You know, if you're looking as a quarterback offensively, a part of football is the pre-snap and reading the defense pre-snap. So seeing if they're in cover two, cover three, cover four, cover five, etc. If they're in zone coverage, if they're in man coverage, if there's two safeties, one safety, how many DBs are on the field, where's the mic. And so you need to figure out where all these people are. Football is the most complicated sport in the world. It is it is a hundred times more complicated than basketball. And basketball is my passion. It is my favorite sport. But football is the most complicated, most insane chess-like game in the world. Okay, you have 11 human beings on each side of the ball doing their own thing, running formations on a gigantic field. And there's one player, the quarterback, who is trying to control it all and throw a football, throw a little sphere to one of those players running like 20 miles an hour with five guys trying to come tackle you and then three guys trying to tackle the guy or take away, intercept the ball from the guy you're throwing to. It is insane. So pre-snap, one of the things that teams should be doing, that teams are starting to do smart teams like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Kevin Stefanski, these teams are running pre-snap motion, and uh, especially in shotgun or even in I-formation. You run pre-snap motion, um, to to check the movement to check what the defense is in. Um, if you play Madden a lot, you know this is how it works. Or if you've just played football, you know this is how it works. Um, so you, you you can motion the wide receiver across. You can motion a running back out out of the backfield into the flat. Um, and this will this will allow you know if you so let's say for example you motion a running back from from the backfield into the uh, into uh, the flat like as a wide receiver. And let's say the, the linebacker who's responsible for covering the, the running back moves out into the flat with the running back. Then you know that that linebacker is in man coverage. So you can attack that. But if the linebacker does not move out there, then you know he's in zone coverage. He's just covering an area on the field. And so this is a very important thing for the quarterback to know because if it's man coverage and he sees a matchup he likes, it's just like basketball where man and zone are very similar. Uh, to basketball man if you see man in in uh, as a quarterback and you see a matchup you like you can just directly attack that whether it be a a comeback a go route a slant an out route you can attack that using speed just if he's a better route runner if it's a if it's a running back on a linebacker um, you know just someone that you think is faster a better route runner that you can attack Um, so that's where you know, quarterbacks love to use motion to recognize if a team's a man because a, a team will disguise man as zone or they'll, they'll give you a bunch of different looks. And so you can use motion to get defenses to give away their disguises. And it's very simple, and it's very, very simple. Um, I know I'm, not, I'm no football genius, but even I can understand that that concept of, of motioning players and moving players around the field gets a defense to show its hand. It forces the defense to to adjust on the fly, right, before the snap. Um, and so it, it allows the quarterback to see a little bit what's going on because a quarterback only has about three seconds at most to, to realize what the defense is in, to see where all the players are, to understand the pressure that's coming to him, and then to get the ball off and to go through all his reads. I mean, when you think what a quarterback does to go through five different reads in three seconds – with a blitz coming at him, and, and he's got to step up in the pocket, move around, and look for his wide receivers, and then throw the ball, um, you know, lead a wide receiver. It's just mind-boggling to think about how hard this game is and how hard it is to, to be a successful quarterback. 
Um, and so this is what this is what the Kansas City Chiefs and a lot of teams. Um, I'm sorry. This is this is nerd talk, nerd football talk with Jake. Uh, this is what a lot of teams do: is they like to run motion and uh, get teams out of their their disguised defense. And uh, you know, we're gonna talk about that with Dante. I know I got into that a lot right now, but we're gonna definitely talk about that a lot with Dante. So, I know I got off on a little tangent, but to recap the game, uh, Cleveland, Kansas City. Kansas City got off to a big league in the first half with uh, with Mahomes. Looked like they were just going to be able to control the game and run away with it. Uh, you know, it probably was going to be pretty high scoring if Mahomes kept playing. So on a gambling perspective, this game uh, this game opened at uh, sheesh, what was it? It was a uh, it was ten. It opened at ten actually to start the day, and then there was a lot of line movement, which was very interesting. The the Kansas City line went from ten to eight, and so I ended up taking Kansas City uh, minus eight because I was very very suspect of that line movement. And so I thought there was a little too much money coming in on Cleveland. Uh, I guess Vegas knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to get injured, which is something that I did not see. But, uh, you know, honestly, that's probably the only reason I feel like that that the Kansas City minus eight and the over did not hit in this game is because Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, he got hurt. And Kansas City didn't score after that, and Cleveland was only able to score one touchdown. Uh, Baker just couldn't get it done in the second half. He kept getting stops, or he kept getting stopped. I'm sorry, kept getting stops, and uh, you know penalties, and just just a bunch of silly stuff. Uh, you know, kind of just wrecked him. But uh, real quick, you know, I just want to talk about the Browns. They had they had a great season. They're gonna get Odell back next year. They are uh, they are just very exciting. You know they got they got the best offensive line in the league with Batonio and Teller, and uh, you know just really really good young young core. Uh, I've I've talked about Stefanski a little bit, but you know he runs a lot of motion too. His his offense and his the analytical side of his game, the decision making, everything about him is just is very very good. Uh, especially for how young he is, he just seems like a very special leader, a very special coach. I would for sure put him in the uh, in the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan tier of young great coaches, great offensive minds, um, and great leaders in general. Because obviously he has turned around that Cleveland Browns locker room like no one else has. Um, this year it's been very cool to see. With Cleveland and Buffalo being being very good, I mean these are the best Cleveland. If you're listening to this and you're older than me, you have to realize that this is the best Cleveland and Buffalo teams I have ever seen in my life. First time I've ever seen Buffalo get to the AFC Championship game, and this is the first time I've ever seen Cleveland a get. Oh, excuse me, this is the first time I've ever seen Cleveland a get to the playoffs and b win a playoff game. And so that should tell you a lot. I mean, I'm 19 years old. And uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Cleveland do anything, anything of, anything of substance. So obviously what Kevin Stefanski and Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham are doing is working. Um, they've got a great defense with Garrett, a lot of young talent in their secondary. Uh, you know, Grant Delpit, uh, he barely played this year. Uh, so they're gonna get him back, and they're gonna. They have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of, you know, Miles Garrett is probably top five defensive end in the league right now. So, you know, I, we're gonna be hearing about the Cleveland Browns for a long time, as long as they don't do anything stupid. Uh, you know, as long as the front office doesn't trade anyone. The only player I could probably see maybe getting traded would be Odell, um, just because you know we saw what they could do without him. And so if they're able to get some draft picks or, or another piece back for him, uh, I think that could be a possibility. But other than that, I think they should just keep this team together and run it back another year. I mean, let them grow. Let Stefanski, uh, you know, keep putting in his offense, keep putting in more plays. Let Stefanski's genius grow. And Baker, you know, he's only, I think next year will be his fifth year. Oh, it's his fourth or fifth year, but I'm pretty sure it's his fifth year. So... You know Baker's gonna have a lot of a lot of time to grow and and, uh, and learn from Stefanski and learn from that offense and and get better with Jarvis and and they've got just so much talent on offense with Chubb and Hunt and Donovan Peoples Jones and 
and Higgins and and their tight ends are really really good. I mean that's one of the best tight end groups in the in the in the NFL with uh, Hooper and Njoku. So just an all around great team. I love what they're doing. That's the first time in my life I've ever gotten to say that about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Stefanski, Mayfield, Landry, Odell, Chubb, Hunt, uh, Garrett on defense. They've got stars. They've got big names. They've got great leaders. Uh, it's just all around a great team, and it's 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 awesome to see that this team, uh, you know, that it's, it's the Cleveland Browns. It's 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 the Cleveland Browns, and so it's awesome to see this team, you know, be in contention. Uh, you know, just be an all around great team, and so so that's very surprising and cool and fun, and I just wanted to shout them out. Um, I talked a lot about this game, so. I'm going to move on to the next one, but shout out to the Cleveland Browns. Great team. I'm so excited to, to watch them next year. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be playing the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship game. We'll preview that game tomorrow, too, with Dante. But, you know, Buffalo and and Buffalo and Kansas City, I mean, that's what we've been wanting. That's what I wanted from the start. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, hopefully, 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 Patrick Mahomes said he was fine, the teams all said he's fine, so hopefully that means he'll be out there next weekend, he'll get through concussion protocol, and we'll get the matchup we've been waiting to see, which is Allen versus Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill versus Stephon Diggs, both defenses aren't bad, but it's just going to be able to, who can get one or two stops, man? Who can get one or two stops? I I mean, sheesh, we had Breeze and Brady, which probably statistically and achievement-wise and, and, you know, whole career-wise, those are two, you know, might have been one of the greatest quarterback matchups ever. But if you just want to look at Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, I can't get I, I can't I can't tell you where you're gonna find a better better matchup of talent. Um, arm strength, just all around, just these are two perfect quarterbacks. These are if these guys stay healthy, these are gonna be two all time great quarterbacks. And uh, this is their first matchup in the playoffs. And so so this is like Brady Manning number one. This is like all those great quarterback matchups. This is the first one and please, please, please enjoy it. Please enjoy Buffalo while we have them. Please enjoy Kansas City while we have them, especially Kansas City. I tweeted this out earlier. I don't know how much longer we're going to have this Kansas City team. I don't know how much longer Eric Bieniemy is going to be around. I don't know how much longer, um, you know, just really anybody. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, I don't know. I don't know what his contract is like. Patrick Mahomes is going to be there for a while. Travis Kelsey can be there for a while. I'm sure Andy Reid is going to be there for a while. He's old, but there's no way he's stopping right now. He's on top of the world. So... You know, I just I hope this team can stay together, but you just never know in sports. Um, and they've they've already had three years, three years of really good football, and and we've seen, you know, we saw it in other sports with the Warriors. You know, there's there's obviously outliers. There's outliers to every example, um, the Spurs and the Patriots. But it's very hard to to have a dynasty and to have have prolonged success. So. I'm I'm very very hoping that that the Chiefs are going to be like the Patriots and we're going to see them for 18 years every single year they're going to win 10 games and be in the playoffs. But who knows, man? Who knows? Anything can happen. Injuries, firing, retirement, trades. You know, guys can get unhappy. Guys can want more money. Uh, there can be a locker room fight. So just who knows what can happen. But I really really hope that we can see this Kansas City team and this Buffalo team together for a while because you know we need to see this Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes matchup more than once we need to see it every year for the next 10-15 years um it's so 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 good and uh yeah so that's that I'm gonna move on to the New Orleans Tampa Bay game uh, I'm gonna talk about this for a little bit and then I'm gonna get out of here because it's late on a Sunday night and uh, I don't want to keep you guys too long for this part one because uh, we're going to have part two tomorrow. So that's going to be an interview, like I said, with Dante Hainsworth. Uh, he's going to be playing Division One football next year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great great talk, X's and O's. We'll talk about the games, his career. So, yeah, man, let's get, let's get back into it. Let's talk about this last game and wrap up the pod.
Okay, so last game of the day, and the one that I was most excited for was New Orleans-Tampa Bay. Brady Breeze, it came out right before the game. Jake Glazer with a little pregame media dump. Uh, a little Took a little dump pregame. Uh, Glazer dump. Uh, said that Breeze, this was going to be his last game if the Saints lost. And uh, no matter what, when the Saints lost this year, it was going to be his last game. So, came out that, you know, Breeze was going to be done if they lost. So, that just added to this game. Breedy Braze. Breedy Braze. That's great. That should tell you where I'm at with, uh, with my mentals right now. As Marshawn Lynch said, please check on your mentals. But Breedy, Brady, and Breeze versus, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, those defenses. Uh, you know, Camp Jordan on New Orleans with, with Lattimore, and, and they just have a great, great defense, you know, top three defense in the league. Uh, but Tampa Bay, you know, we can't sleep on their defense with Devin White and Whitehead. Uh, they just have they have gamers. Uh, White's, White's a rookie, and uh, he, had a, he had a fumble recovery today and an interception. He was all over the field making tackles, making sacks. Uh, he's he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the league here pretty soon. Uh, you know, just another guy from that LSU national championship team that we'll we'll be talking about for a long time. They're gonna they're gonna be having they're gonna be having a lot of Hall of Famers on that team. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devin White, so uh, Devin Stingley. So you know, be on the lookout for for all those guys. But Devin White from that team, he's he's. He's going to be one of the best linebackers in the league very soon, if not right now. He's making a name for himself, and he did so tonight. Uh, and that was pretty much pretty much the, the name of this game uh, coming into it with all this excitement. We we were hoping for maybe one last classic shootout between the quarterbacks. Maybe, maybe they could reach into their duffies, as I like to say, their duffies, and uh, pull out one last classic shootout. But... It was pretty obvious from the jump that both of them, uh, you know, were going to struggle. Uh, I think, you know, at halftime, both had under 100 yards. Brady had one touchdown pass, but Breeze did not have one. He had an interception. Breeze ended the game. I'm going to pull up the stats here. Breeze ended the game with three interceptions. I think Brady had one, but he had one that was dropped as well. Brady ended up with zero interceptions, two touchdowns. He had a touchdown to, let's see, who did he have a touchdown to? Uh, Evans caught his, you know, normal one-yard one touchdown in the red zone. And then Leonard Fournette actually caught a touchdown. Leonard Fournette had a pretty damn good game. He had 17 carries for 63 yards. Ronald Jones had 13 carries for 62 yards. Uh, Brady finished with just under 200 yards and two touchdowns. So Brady, you know, he didn't have a bad game per se, but this is just... You know, if you want to say Brock Mary, <laughs> Brock Mary, <coughs> Brock Mary, uh, that Brady is overrated, this is a classic example. You know, you can point to this game where a game where Brady got carried by his defense. If you watch this game, I know diehard Brady fans, you're gonna, you, it, it's true in your soul, and you know it's true, but you're never gonna admit it. Brady got carried by his defense again. Um, you know, you can make this argument a lot throughout his career that, that defenses in, in certain instances have, uh, have bailed out Brady. Um, you know, definitely not in those Super Bowls, 28-3 Super Bowl and stuff like that, Seattle Super Bowl. But, you know, there's definitely been cases where, I mean, that's what it takes to, you know, make as many Super Bowls and conference championships as Brady has. You have to get lucky. You have to have great defenses. And, uh, you know, that's what this Tampa Bay defense is, very surprisingly. Uh, not many people were talking about the defense coming into this year, but the defense has been uh, has been a consistently top five unit all year. They came into the you know first couple weeks of the year they were historically great, uh, historically great starts of the year. They cooled off a little bit, but it was obviously they had the talent. They got uh, Bowles, the old Jets coordinator and or Jets head coach, and then the uh, Seattle coordinator Todd Bowles is their defensive coordinator. He's a mastermind, obviously. And uh, he cooked up a great game plan today. They shut down Breeze. Breeze finished with 135 and three interceptions. Uh, you know, he's just got a noodle arm, as they like to say. He's got nothing. 
Um, if you compare Patrick Mahomes' arm and the and the back, you know, off the back foot throws and getting hit and different arm angles and just slinging that thing. Same with Josh Allen. If you compare those two guys to uh, to what Breeze looked like today, you would not say Breeze is is a top five quarterback in this league, but or in the in NFL history. But that's what he is. And uh, sadly today, you know, father time, father time got to Drew Brees. Uh, he he struggled all game. He couldn't make throws. He couldn't pass the ball deep. They were able to get one touchdown off of a nice little trick play with Jameis Winston, where Jameis Winston caught. Uh, Got a guy wide open, you know, easiest easiest deep throw of Jameis Winston's career probably. Uh, you know, that LASIK surgery definitely helped. He, you know, he saw how wide open that guy was. And uh, threw a good pass credit to him. You know, he didn't overthrow it or anything. That's That that can be tough to do, especially on deep balls. But Jameis came in, threw a dart, and uh, scored a touchdown. So that was that was good to see, man. That was, that was fun. Everyone have fun on Twitter. Shout out Big Cat. He had fun on Twitter with that one. So it was fun to see Jameis, uh, you know, you know, get his spotlight, get his shine in the sun, and uh, it looked like New Orleans had the momentum. They were driving the, you know, big, big, uh, big momentum swing happened here, and that was the uh, the Jared Cook fumble. Uh, Jared Cook caught a pass around the fifty yard line. He was running upfield. I think it was for a first down too. You know, Breeze was driving. The offense was humming. Everything was looking good. Um, and Whitehead came out, uh, Buccaneers cornerback came from behind and punched the ball out. Peanut Tillman punch out. Uh, just great stuff from Whitehead. And, uh, you know, he was able to force the fumble. Devin White recovered, ran it upfield, got him into field goal range. I can't remember right now if the Buccaneers kicked a field goal or scored a touchdown, but they definitely got points off the turnover. And that completely just changed the game. Uh, you know, that offense lost its momentum. Breeze was never able to get it going again. And uh, it just it just was never the same after that fumble. Uh, Jerry Cook had another drop, too. It went right through his hands, and uh, it was intercepted. So it's, it's not being talked about too much, and I hate to blame stuff um, on one guy. But Jerry Cook definitely did not have a good game today. Uh, the fumble and then the drop pass for the interception, he definitely... He definitely hurt 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 the offense and momentum hurt the offense. Uh, you know, killed two drives and and that was a big reason why Breeze had three interceptions and just couldn't get it going today. Um, or not three. I mean, three interceptions and why that offense had four turnovers, which is very uncanny. And if we want to look at it, probably one of the only reasons this Saints team was not going to at least get to the Super Bowl this year was uh, turnovers and, and Breeze because they had all the talent on offense, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, their safeties, Demario Davis. just They're stacked from top to bottom, one of the, probably the most talented roster in the league. It's just Breeze, and uh, you know it really caught up with them today. Breeze just couldn't make throws. He was turning the ball over, three interceptions. And, uh, yeah, uh, just Brady was able, you know, Brady's just a machine, man. Brady is just a machine. Obviously, you know, people can say that, that the TB12 method is, is crazy or whatever. But, you know, Brady, he he works out, he eats the right food, and, and it doesn't matter that he's 43 years old. I mean, he's going to make the passes he needs to make. He's going to be able to get out of, out of little situations and... And, I mean, for the foreseeable future, man, I just don't see how he's going to, you know, get much worse than this. I mean, other than an injury, I I just don't see it. I, You know, he can move pretty well. He can pass. You know, he can't make too many deep passes, but he's, you know, he's, he's Tom fucking Brady. He's going to be able to make a 10-yard out route pass until he's fucking dead. So, I just, I, I... He won, and uh, that's why he's the GOAT, because of longevity. That's why LeBron's the GOAT, because of longevity. And, uh, you know, I just I just don't see how how Tom Brady, uh, you know, how he, how he was going to lose that game today. And that's that's what happened. I ended up putting putting two different bets on uh, on Tampa Bay Moneyline. Sadly, my dumbass parlayed them, so they didn't hit. But I definitely could see. Uh, I saw. I saw a path for Tom Brady to win this game. I thought that he was the better quarterback in the matchup. He was healthier, um, even though he's four years older. He's definitely playing better in his career right now, um, and it's obvious because Breeze is retiring and Tom Brady's not. And <laughs> that's just crazy to say, man. Tom Brady's not and Drew Breeze is. Um, 
I mean, Roethlisberger's left, I guess, and Rivers is left, but Tom Brady is the only one left from uh, from that quarterback group. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's the oldest one. So just absolutely crazy to think about. Um, the, the line in this game was just your classic key number three. Uh, that's where I think both of the, the next week lines are going to be around. I think uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Buffalo, Baltimore, or Buffalo, Kansas City, excuse me, are going to be around three. Uh, that's just the big key number, 14% of NFL games, around 14% of NFL games, end on three. Uh, so there's your little gambling stat of the day. So push frequency for three point, uh, for a line of three is 14%. That's how, that's the percent chance it's going to land on that number. So just know that going in that, that, you know, biggest percent chance out of all those little percent chances on that big pie chart uh, of NFL results is uh, a three-point outcome. So that's where this game was. New Orleans was uh, favored by three for most of the week, and then before the game, it actually fell below the hook, and it was two and a half for New Orleans, which uh, I ended up taking, even though I also took Tampa Bay money line, and my dumbass got burned. I tried to get cute, tried to hedge a bunch of different teasers this weekend. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit. Uh, just did a bunch of teasers and tried to hedge everything pretty much and just mind fucked myself. It was just a shit show. Um, I hated everything I did this weekend. I hated how I gambled. I was doing so well. If you if you know me, I was doing so well before. And uh, this weekend kind of fell back into that pit. Uh, you know, didn't, you know, if you also know me, you know, I don't, I don't lose money. Uh, I don't lose a lot of money when I lose. So it's not going to end my life. I'm not homeless, but uh, definitely a tough weekend, definitely uh, mad at myself and, and, you know, feel like I could have done better. But looking forward, we've got great, great, great games next weekend. We'll talk about them with Dante tomorrow. We've got Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, number one. That should be uh, the league's new rivalry for the next uh, decade or so. So just can't wait for that game. We'll get into that more. And then in the NFC, we've got another old QB matchup. We've got Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Probably the two greatest quarterbacks ever. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's the two greatest quarterbacks ever. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented and greatest quarterback ever. Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback ever. And uh, consistency-wise, I think he's probably got the argument on GOAT. But Aaron Rodgers is by far the most talented. I mean, Patrick Mahomes you can put up there. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is closer to being done with his career. So I'm going to give him the nod on that one. Uh, he's the most talented quarterback um, ever. And he's it, it's, it's just going to be so fun to see those two offenses go up against each other. I do think Green Bay, uh, if you've watched Tampa Bay over the year, they've had a tough time starting games. Uh, and especially in cold weather, I don't know how Brady's going to be able to play. I think Green Bay is going to be able to get it out to a hot start with Devontae Adams. And uh, I could see Green Bay controlling that game. I could definitely see Green Bay winning that game uh, in a blowout more likely than I do Kansas City. I think that uh, with Patrick Mahomes' health and just Kansas City, uh, you know, they've, they've, had, they've struggled this year. Uh, they've played close games pretty much all year. Uh, they, I, they haven't covered a spread since like two and a half months ago. So... Kansas City has been struggling, and Buffalo's the hottest team in the league. So I do think Kansas City will win that game just because Patrick Mahomes. But it's going to be so good. I mean, that game is going to be so good. Um, but, yes, that's that. I think uh, I think we talked about all these games. I think we, uh, we previewed a little bit. We talked about some gambling stuff. I went... 6-11 and 11 this weekend, just just bad, bad stuff. Lost 10 units. Um, very disappointing stuff. So that's that, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Jake Albright Podcast. Uh, please tune in on Tuesday for our interview with Dante Hainsworth. We're going to talk about these weekend's games and uh, his, his high school career, his college career, what's upcoming for him. Uh, I'm really excited for that. And then Wednesday will be a pop culture podcast with Daniel. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Jake Albright Podcast. Uh, peace. <laughs>